One Dental Clinic, sponsors of Women Today, offer convenient appointment times in the heart of Douglas, so you can fit your dental care into your working day. I saw an article online that a beauty salon in the UK were offering free bikini waxes if you proved that you'd booked a smear test appointment um, to try and encourage women to, you know, take the leap and have a smear test um, for fear of, of not being kept tidy enough and various other embarrassing reasons of why they didn't want to have a smear. Um, and I thought it was a really good idea and an incentive to get women through the door and also to talk about the dreaded smear. And... Being a cancer survivor myself, having gone through cervical cancer um, six years ago, um, I thought it was a really, really great incentive. Um, And that's how it began. (laughs) I put the post up offering that, and before I knew it, it had just gone viral, and um, it was phenomenal, the response to it. Um, And I'm really pleased um, at that response because everybody is now talking about it. It's something that we've been talking about a lot on our programme recently because there has been a significant drop-off in the number of women going for smears. Um, And everybody seems to remember in 2002, after Jade Goody died, lots of women thought, actually, it's something I really need to do. It's that two-minute test that could potentially save my life. But I think you've really hit on one of the reasons, that women feel really self-conscious about it. They do, and I have um, a lot of female clientele that come for um, various treatments, and I talk openly about the cervical cancer um, that I had, and the topic of smears is then, you know, spoken about in the salon. And it's quite shocking, uh, the number of women that will say, I've never had one, or I'm too scared to have one. And women, most of these ladies have, have actually had children. And I think that's quite undignified in itself when you're given birth. Um, but it's that shame or, you know, I don't want to get undressed. I don't want anyone to see me. Um, the stigma of that is what frightens women and that's why they don't want to attend their smear tests. But potentially something that takes a matter of minutes can save their life because if you don't have the smear test and then later on the line, down the line you have issues, that's a whole different thing then. It's, it's a case of you don't have control over that you know, dignity side of things. You've, you've got to have things that aren't very pleasant. Um, and I think if some women realise the severity of what can happen if you don't would be quite shocking. And what I've gone through um, was was horrendous and I, I wouldn't want that to happen to anybody else. Um, I'm a survivor. I'm very grateful and lucky to be here. And I have a son. Um, but when I was in Liverpool Women's Hospital where I had my radical hysterectomy, um, there were many women on the ward um, as young as in their early 20s Um, that didn't have children and unfortunately lost their lives and you don't realise until you've gone through it you don't realise the how what how it affects the family and the aftermath of it all as well and how you feel as a person it completely changed me and changed my life um I do feel I've come out a much better person but I wouldn't wish that on anyone to have to have gone through what I've gone through the nation station Fast am I. Good afternoon. Welcome to the programme with me, Beth Espy. And me, Christy Dehaven. And today we are live from the House of Manannan in Peel, a place where history and heritage truly come together. We are, and we're going to be finding out shortly about this brand new photographic exhibition, which is wonderful. It's called Our Sunset City. 
and the photographs. We've just spent, you know, sort of the past 40 minutes walking around here. There's pictures of, um, as you might expect, Vikings, beaches, tall ships, sunsets, and the people of Peel, of course, from throughout the decades. And I just want to take you to one particular photograph which has caught my eye, which has somebody that we both know on it. Okay. Follow me Show over me here. That. Show me. Uh, so this is a photograph called People of Peel. It was taken in 1999 to mark yeah. the millennium. And can you see here, it's like, where's Wally? <gasps> there he is, our very own Ben Hartley. It is Ben Hartley. And in fact, if you go over to our Facebook Live right now, said Ben Hartley but a few years on has actually just taken a video of us describing and looking at this photo so you can see it. Uh, so do go on to our Facebook Live and enjoy that. Um, so we're going to be talking much more about this uh, photographic exhibition in just a few moments but since Peel is so rich in heritage I'm delighted to say we're also joined by two people who may be able to take us to times past. Uh, apologies to Terry for borrowing that title there. Uh, <laughs> Pam Quine, how are you? A Peelite if there ever was one. I'm fine, thank you. Yes, still here. <laughs> now, you have been very active in recent years in the Peel Heritage Trust, but yes. many people will remember you as being a teacher at Peel Cloth Workers. Uh, yes, these two for in particular. <laughs> yes, I loved it. And you were saying when we first came in here that this place itself brings back many memories for you as well. It does because it was the railway station and I went to school on the train and we used to come running down Lake Lane cross over through those doors, through here, out there, and onto the train. So yes. what's it like being sat here today, remembering all of that? Nice. Yes, it's nice to look back, because I must admit, it really looks lovely now, doesn't it, here? And it couldn't stay the way it was. Much as you'd have loved to preserve things, you can't, all of them. So I think it's lovely. Oh, looking yes. forward to talking to you much more later, Pam. But you did mention that a couple of your former pupils are here. Uh, Roy Baker, what was he like at school? <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Roy Baker, that's quite an accolade there. It is. It's, uh, uh, thank you very much for that. Yeah, I don't think it was true, but uh, yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I remember the railway coming here very well, very well. Yes. It was shut down in 1968, of course, but uh, yeah, we used to all, all coming here. If it was raining, let's get in there. They had a, a sort of an old machine that you could play on. Yeah. An old machine that you could play on. I think that needs further explanation. It does, it does. <laughs> it, uh, well, you had... Now they've got computers. This was a penny machine that you put on the... And you could Brilliant. see if you could win. Where all the so pennies sort of drop down. Drop and they've down got, and I remember yeah. one of those at White City. Yes. Well, history's still very much uh, at the forefront for you, Roy, because you are the curator of the Lease Museum. For anybody who's listening who has not yet been in there, uh, where have they been, first of all? But what sort of things can they find in there? Uh, well, it's all Peel. Everything is... Uh, there's... I'm not Kalos, Peel and the West. Down below, there's motorbikes. The Lease Museum at, uh, uh, on the first floor, that's, uh, it's not it's fishing history, it's uh, musical history, it's tourism. It's Peel. Okay then, Jeannie, come and tell us about this reimagining of, of what is essentially <laughs> one of the greatest, I think, children's stories of all time, isn't it? Well, it's certainly one of the oldest. Um, yeah, it's, it seems to appear in many versions all over the world. Um, we don't know who wrote it originally. Well, I certainly don't. Um, but it, it just seemed the perfect vehicle for this particular story. And in this this one, we've still got the same characters. We've got the bears, we've got Goldilocks, and exactly the same thing happens. He goes to the little house in the woods, but actually 
if you think about it, and even in the traditional story, she's she's breaking and entering, you know, and, and then she's smashing up furniture, she's vandalising the place, but she's she's sharing it with everybody in the new version, not realising, of course, that it's going to, apart from the harm and the hurt that she's caused, that that stuff's going to linger in the cloud for all time. It's I won't a- tell you what the ending is, but um, you, you can actually get a, a free copy digitally if you go to... Vodafone's digital parenting website. So that's the thing that's great, isn't it? Because it is something that is going to be available online. So if they oh, yeah. are going to be online, they can at least be looking at that and then it's something. <laughs> Do them good. <laughs> it would, absolutely. And how did you find it as a process then, as, as an author, to sort of take something that's already been written and reimagine it? What was that like for you? Um, you know, great stories are great story, and there are no stories, no new stories in the world, really. Um, and I'd already done two in this series. Uh, the first one was Chicken Clicking, based on Chicken Licking, obviously, um, and that was about Stranger Danger Online. And then I did Troll Stinks, which was based on the Three Billy Goats Gruff, where there's a little twist at the end about trolling. And then comes Goldilocks, and obviously Vodafone picked up on that one, which was brilliant. And I've just thought up another one as well, which is called Old MacDonald Had a Phone. And that one's going to... <laughs> yes, E-I, yeah, sing along if you like. Oh, I love how um, much fun you're I know. Um, and that's about doing nothing but being on your phone all day long, which, again, is another problem. And most of the time I get... It's teachers telling me, this is, can, we, can you fill in this gap in the market? Um, so I do. And we are joined now live on the phone by Dr. Catherine, a.k.a. the dating guru and life coach for over 50s online daters. Uh, Dr. Catherine, so lovely that you could join us this afternoon. Um, just tell us, first Thank of all, so much for having me. Thank you. Um, when did you plunge into the world of online dating? Just over a year ago, um, I had a sort of dally in it about 10 years ago, but I, I sort of really just over a year ago I went into it a lot more seriously and I discovered a lot of things um, which has led me to set up this uh, this initiative as Dr. Catherine Dating Guru. And what then would you say are the do's and don'ts particularly for people in the over 50s category when it comes to online dating? Well start with I mean the first thing you're going to see is the person's photo and their profile. Uh, psychologists will tell you that it takes seven seconds to decide what you think about a person. So let's start first and foremost with the picture. No selfies. No double chins, please. Get yourself a decent photo or two that illustrates your character. Then after that, it's the profile itself, you know, the written bit about yourself. Uh, that's quite difficult to do. There's it, it, nothing more difficult than talking about yourself. So maybe get some help there. I mean, we provide that at Dr. Catherine. But um, if you don't want to go down that route, get a friend around who's going to help you write your profile, um, highlight your interests, your hobbies, and above all, be truthful. Now, I was going to mention that because some people, particularly perhaps if they are a little bit older, don't necessarily tell the truth about their age. Quite. And, you know, that's, it's, it's ridiculous because if you want to go on, a, if you do go on a date, you're going to find out very quickly whether that person is the age that they're claiming to be. And who wants to start a relationship on a lie? You know? 
Do you think, though, that it's fair to say that particularly when we get a little bit older, we might perhaps need to lower our expectations somewhat and just accept, you know, that people very often as they as they go through life do come with a little bit of baggage? Oh, well, that's inevitable. But then you're coming with baggage as well. <laughs> you know, it's, it's quid pro quo. Um, the question is, I think as we get older, too, I think we're, we're more understanding. Hopefully we're more tolerant um, and we accept people more easily. Well, I would hope so anyhow. Christmas is now over and they've paid off all the debt. But February the 14th brings them out in a cold sweat. They're off to flash the cash again and, frankly, it's quite stupid. The question that I'd like to ask, just who invented Cupid? The shops are filled with heart-shaped tat, most of it quite cheesy. A teddy in a bright red thong can make you feel quite queasy. The men are all so gullible, they're easily coerced. They head off to Ann Summers, where the customer comes first. There's gifts for married couples and for those that live alone. He'd buy her something special, but he's sure she's all, she'd only moan. He settles on a lacy basque, complete with black suspenders. She'd rather have a cup of tea and catch up with EastEnders. And once the day arrives, let the hysteria commence. Splashing out on diamond rings, they've got more brass than sense. Proposals every hour, well, it's all just too romanticised. But call me a traditionalist, I find it too commercialised. Showing off their gifts and cards, they just can't wait to brag. Facebook full of sickly posts that make you want to gag. In days gone by, a card was sent and always signed Anon. All this tasteless showing off, it's just a massive con. Don't get me wrong, I like true love. You couldn't call me fickle. I'm not averse to romance or a bit of slap and tickle. But being a good Yorkshire lass, I'll give you some advice. Go shopping on the 15th when the chocolates are half price. Fast my good afternoon and welcome to the programme. And today we're being all romantic. We're on the Conister Rock. We've got some champagne, flowers, heart-shaped balloons. Have we? Not those ones that uh, Alex was showing us yesterday, <laughs> oh dear. incidentally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're keeping the love going because it yeah. was Valentine's Day yesterday. It was, um, but of course that was a Thursday and that's we don't get to do music on a Thursday. No. But we do on a Friday. We do. And you know what I've done? I think I found one of the most romantic people in the Isle of Man to join us here on the Conister to rock this afternoon and it's also someone who happens to be celebrating their birthday today so the love is all around us it is uh, ruth hogg welcome to the conister rock thank you um and this program is all about music because lots of people have got songs which really do mean a lot to them and today we're, we're looking for love themed songs so if you've got any that you'd like us to play for someone special in your life if you forgot the flowers yesterday one double six one double seven or you can email studio at manxradio.com. But Ruth, you love music. And I think it's fair to say you have been known every time a tune comes on to say, oh, I love this song. What is it about music? 
Um, I feel that music is emotion for the soul and I could go without ever watching TV again as long as I've got my music. It can just bring your mood up from wherever you are. Oh, that um, is true. That is true. And we're going we're gonna to have one of your songs, first of all, that you've chosen. Um, this is by Atlantic Star and this has got a romantic story to it, hasn't it? Tell us about it. It has. OK, so um, when my husband and myself were on honeymoon a few years ago, we went to America and we've been on a wine tasting afternoon. And obviously on wine tasting, you drink quite a lot of wine. So we came out from the wine tasting and we went to, they've still got Safeway over in America. So we went to Safeway to get some bottled water to take back to the room. And when we went in, Always by Atlantic Star was blaring out of the speakers. Little bit tipsy, but we both started waltzing round all the aisles, much to the amusement of the other shoppers while singing it full blast. Oh, well, I hope you're <laughs> going to recreate that moment for us now as we listen to this song. But to say, uh, throughout the programme this afternoon, we're going to be playing your dedications, 166-177, or you can email studio at manxradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter as well if there is a song that you would like us to play for you or your loved one before three o'clock. Girl, you are to me. Should be and I dedicate 